Welcome to Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better, where I talk about my personal and my group coaching clients' experiences of healing our hearts, authentically falling in love with ourselves, and yes, finding someone better. I'm Claire the Heartbreak Coach. Let's take your love life and entire life to the next level. Hello, my loves. Welcome to episode 178, When He Wants Space. So if you are someone who has anxious attachment style and or you're someone whose love language is quality time, this episode is for you. And if you don't know what love languages are, look them up. If you don't know what anxious attachment style is, look it up. There's just too much to talk about in this episode. Basically, anxious attachment style, it's one of, I believe, four attachment styles. And these attachment styles form at a very early age based on the kind of caretaking that you're receiving from your primary caretaker. And I am someone who's definitely anxious attachment style and tends to attract clients with anxious attachment style. I have a couple of at- of avoidance attachment, but um, for the most part, anxious attachment. And for sure, for me, quality time, physical touch, and words of affirmation. <laughs> those are, those are uh, top three out of the five love languages that exist. Um, but look up attachment styles, look up love languages. They're, they're fun to read up on. Um, but as I always say, you know, take it all tongue in cheek. I believe it. attachment styles are a real thing. I believe love languages are a real thing, but you don't have to get so rigid with them and make so much meaning out of it that you use it against yourself. A perfect example of this is I, as I just said, I'm, I have three out of five top love languages and, you know, quality time being one of them, but I met someone who lived 80 miles away and had his kids 50% of the time. So I had to adjust my love language of quality time because he was my person. I wasn't going to say, or of course, you know, I didn't know he was my person. I had a hopeful, promising feeling that he was my person, but, you know, he was worth getting to know and having less time with, even though I crave quality time. And I, I tend to believe that anxious, most of my anxious attachment style clients and friends and myself included, if included, if you have anxious attachment style, I would go out on a limb and guess that quality time would be one of your top love languages. Because when you're spending quality time with your partner, you're going to feel secure, hopefully, if he's not avoidant or a dick. So I wanted to do this episode specifically because I think about this all the time and expectations of when you're newly dating someone, expectations when you're in a full-fledged relationship with someone about time and him needing space, maybe you needing space and how you go about that. And it's again, as I always say, I do this podcast because I love doing this podcast. I love talking about this shit till the cows come home. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just speaking 
and covering as much of a base as I possibly can based on, you know, the six years that I've been coaching, maybe the four years that I've focused solely on heartbreak dating and relationships and just studied the heartbroken woman's brain, studied the single woman's brain looking for love, studied the woman's brain in her relationship, whether it's a great relationship or it's a shitty relationship. So please don't take everything. I think sometimes my clients will come to me and they're like, but you said this in your podcast. Or I had a client in my group last week say, you sent this out in your in your email and I feel like that's me. And she was using it against herself. And so, you know, the best way for you to know my thoughts about you is for you to apply for my one-on-one coaching or apply to get into my program and I can look closely at you. But, you know, as you always hear me say, there's always some exception to the rule or in this scenario, it could look like this. So don't take it all so heavily and so literally and use what I'm sharing against yourself. So I was inspired to do this episode because, as I mentioned in last week's episode, Heartbreak on Vacation, I had just gotten back from vacation with my partner, Larry, and it really was the first time, I think, that we were ever together for six days straight, just us, really no interruptions, and... Oh, for those of you who don't know, we we don't live together 100% of the time. I moved from LA to Santa Barbara. He has four children. He has them 50% of the time. So we've been really consciously and intentionally uh, taking things slowly with me getting to know the kids. And it's been lovely. And uh, I think it's working. <laughs> so therefore, we're never really together, you know, six, seven nights straight in a row. Or, you know, sometimes if their mom has them and they're away, maybe we do have that many nights, but we're not together all day, every day. And when we got back, obviously the whole world is now opening up again. And so many people are traveling and we were in Cabo and flew out of LAX in Los Angeles. And it was just a bit of a shit show of a day getting back. And you know what? I know that there are people that are, I I see it on the gram. People are having way bigger nightmares traveling, especially to Europe and trying to get back and losing luggage. We didn't have that, but it was a little bit brutal for us coming back to say the least. And I just clocked that we were both cranky and anxious and tired and very quiet. We're in long lines and traffic and it was just a bit of a day. And then we're also anxiously anticipating, you know, the work week after having such a blissful week away. And we stopped up off at our favorite stomping ground, Alcazar, when we got back to Santa Barbara. We were starving. Alcazar, oh my God, the most amazing tapas. If you're ever visiting Santa Barbara, it's on the Mesa. You have to check it out. And we were just sitting there and we were both really quiet. And I had this thought and it really wasn't coming from a place of insecurity or need for validation because I knew what he was going to say. But because we don't you know, I live in my own space. I and he didn't have the kids when he was getting back. So I just made a joke and said, are, are you sure you're not sick of me? Should I go back to my place and you just go back to your place and had a chuckle? And he just looked at me and he had this big smile and he said, nope. And it got me thinking about all the times I was in relationships with avoidant attachment men who always kind of did this push pull behavior with me 
my last relationship, he loved to tell me how he needed space. And then I'd give him space. And then he'd be like reaching out to me. And I'm like, well, I thought you said you wanted space. And he said, but when you give me space, then I just want to see you and I miss you. I mean, it was such a fucking mind fuck. I can't. I can't. And I was thinking about how you know, again, a lot of my clients have anxious attachment style, a lot of them quality time. And I think I should add in when I think of quality time, I'm also thinking of quantity, quality time, because obviously there's a difference between quantity time and quality time. But even if you don't have anxious attachment style, I mean, I'm guessing if quality time is important to you, this does apply. But if you're even if you don't have anxious attachment style, like I can honestly say, Larry is full blown secure attachment style. Just He just is. It's refreshing. It's lovely. I'm jealous because anxious attachment style is fucking exhausting. (laughs) You know if you have it and you're listening. And I just want to put it out there that you don't have to feel shame for wanting to be around your partner majority of the time. And if you're dating someone who's doing that with you and you know, and you're clear, and this is what we talk about in my group program and what I offer in my course videos in the find someone better section, you can head to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com if you want to work with me and have my brain look at your individual situation. Definitely apply to the group program or apply to work with me one-on-one. But if you want more of a bite-sized offer for sure, check out my course. And in the find someone better section, we talk about what your negotiables are and your non-negotiables are. And as I said at the beginning here, my non-negotiable was that I want someone who wants to spend quality and quantity time with me. I probably should have said that in the very beginning. I wanted quantity, quality time. But now, obviously, almost three years into my relationship, it's not always going to be quality time. Like I really had in my ideal partnership and I can honestly say that's something that my parents have. They just celebrated their 50th anniversary, wedding anniversary, and like they can just be around each other and not talk or be around each other and be cranky or go for a drive or go to, I mean, I don't know if they go to church right now because of COVID, but you know, um, devout practicing Catholics, um, just like my whole life, they always just do their routine stuff together, even in silence. They just, I know that they just are very comfortable with each other's company. And that was something that I really wanted. And that was something that I was often shamed for in my previous relationships. And I would take on the shame and think, oh, well, I'm too needy. So like I my work is to give him space and and then we can go down the whole slippery slope of, oh my gosh, but if I wasn't so needy and if I just gave him space and I didn't give him a hard time about needing so much space, then maybe we would be together. And so whether you're in a relationship now where someone's pushing you away or you're or you're looking for love, or you're nursing your broken heart over someone who pushed you away, I just want you to get really clear on what your idea of quality and quantity time looks like, and can that be okay for you? Fuck if you have anxious attachment style, but own if one of your love languages is quality time. And I'm going to throw in quantity with that and what that looks like. Now, Uh, just again, as you guys know, I always offer my personal experience. Um, When 
Larry and I were first dating and we were seeing each other every other weekend, I noticed that I wasn't doing my self-coaching in the morning or my meditating in the morning the way that I was so habitually doing when I was in my own space in LA. And eventually I said that to him. I was like, I'm not taking care of myself, especially as our time together increased. And he was like, well, I'm not surfing. And I felt like, you know, it wasn't fair for me to leave you because you're driving up from LA and, you know, I really love to surf and I obviously can't do that when I have the kids. And I was like, oh my gosh, go surf. Like we have to take care of ourselves even when we're spending the limited time that we have together. And I really appreciated that he wanted to make the most of his time with me and and also be sensitive to the fact that, you know, I was driving up and he really appreciated the same and vice versa. So I think what I'm saying here is you have to get clear on what quantity and quality time looks like for you. I still want Larry to go surf. I still want to get up and do my morning routine that gets me starting my day right and do things that take care of our best selves. And obviously, if Larry wants to meet up with a friend or me, go do other things. I mean, he always says, you're always honoring, you know, me and my kids schedule. But like if something, you know, is presented to you that you want to go somewhere or do something that's like during our one-on-one time, go do that. It's not that I feel like I'm controlling him or he's controlling me. It's just I'm so clear on what I desire in terms of quality time. And, you know, if I was coaching you and you're like, nope, he's not allowed to go surfing. If I'm visiting him for one weekend, you know, I would I would definitely coach you to see, is that really true? And is that what I would describe as clean for you? I think for me personally, and, you know, if that's if that is clean for you, go for it. But what the type type of quality and quantity time that I crave isn't 24/7 inseparable can't go anywhere or do anything controlling each other and that was the fucked up part for me being in an avoidant attachment in a relationship with an avoidant attachment men again just look up avoidant attachment um there's a great book i believe it's called attached i haven't read it but people said that it's amazing but i've i've done my, some research on attachment styles and a lot on me being anxious attachment. But I think that that's the fucked up part is that I started to believe that my need for quantity and quality time was too much. I was too much. I was too needy. I was too insecure. And I believed that story because that's the feedback that I got from avoidant attachment men. And now, obviously, in hindsight, and not just because, oh, now I'm in a relationship with someone who's a secure attachment style. So therefore, you know, my desire for quality and quantity time is okay. That's approved of because Larry approves of it. No, I got clear and unpacked my past relationships and took responsibility. There were times I was too needy. There were times I was too clingy and anxiously attached and needing security from him and validation from him. That was a mirror reflection of me never giving myself that validation and security. I I did all that work. But then there's also the part of, well, he thinks that's too needy, but what do I think? And is there a partner out there who exists 
who doesn't think us spending majority of our time together is quote unquote too much. Because Larry's secure attachment style and he wants all of me all the time. And yeah, maybe some of you listening (laughs) might be a little cynical saying, well, he says he wants you all the time, but convenient for him, you're only living together 50% of the time. But, you know, side note, (laughs) I have to go on this side tangent, so roll with me. People thought that we got engaged in Cabo and that was completely my fault. I have this like moonstone pear-shaped ring that I was wearing on my left index finger. And I wrote this whole like series of stories. Follow me at Claire the Heartbreak Coach on Instagram if you're not already. And I had this series of stories and talking about him being the one. And so many of you slid into my DMs asking if I got engaged, congratulating me. One of my uh, group clients was like, I feel like this is an engagement announcement. And I was like, no, but Larry's really lucky because so many people have thought that this is an engagement announcement and it's not. And I knew we weren't going to be getting engaged. And um, I had a chuckle with him. I'm like, you're lucky that I don't care (laughs) that we're not engaged yet. You know, what is my comfort level and what is our plan and what page are we both on that we are comfortable with? Whether it's about when we get engaged, when we move in together, what amount of quality time we want to spend together. All of that just has to work for just us, for just us. And so that's what I want to invite you to look at instead of letting someone else's opinion about your need for time influence whether that need is okay for you or not okay for you. Letting someone else's opinion, i.e. whoever you're dating or did date, influence your thoughts about your needs for dating, such as if he thinks, well, this is too much for me, then it's like, oh, I need too much. And then we get in the weeds with, oh, and I have anxious attachment style, so that's why I need too much. If I didn't have anxious attachment style, maybe I wouldn't need as much quality and quantity time, and then we'd still be together. No, 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 no. You may have anxious attachment style, and that might be something you have to navigate through for the rest of your life. Just like me, I still have moments where my anxious attachment style comes up, even though I'm the most solid in this relationship. There's just old trauma that happens in my relationship. I don't preach doing this work to be like, and now no trauma response will ever come up again. That is such a lie, I think, for anyone to say that they will cure all the trauma in your body and in your brain, and you'll never have that again. Now, are my trauma responses very few and far between? Yes, but they happen. And the work is really about navigating through them when they happen, whether it's triggered in the relationship or outside of the relationship. That's going to happen. And yeah, could it be because there's anxious attachment style stuff or or it triggers something that happened in a last relationship, whatever. Yes, but that should not negate or influence or make you feel shitty over your desire for quality and quantity time. You just get to decide. And then I highly encourage you to adjust accordingly if you're dating someone who has a very full life like I am, but that person is so fucking amazing and that person is consistently showing up in the free time that he has to offer you. It's not like, oh, I have a full, really crazy job and kids, you know, 50% of the time, but I also have a social life. So like I can like figure out one night a week or one night every week and a half, like 
and and also for some of you who are listening, but I highly doubt majority of you out there are are this way, being like, yeah, one night every week and a half, two weeks, because he's just busy with kids, work, and his social life. And, you know, who knows? Maybe he has some like crazy intense hobby or passion that he is really committed to and it happens at night or it happens in the morning or it happens on the weekends. You know, I can honestly say if that was Larry, where he had more on his plate beyond his job and his kids, obviously, again, if he wants to go surfing or if he was like, hey, I want to, you know, meet up with my friend or sometimes there's like a drink he's having after work. Yeah, obviously go do that. But I think if there was like a third major thing on his plate outside of the kids, the job and me, that would probably not work for me, being completely honest. Now, obviously, if he was listening and he's like, well, what if I end up like finding this new crazy passion and purpose and it takes up more of my time? I think almost three years into this relationship, you know, obviously I would adjust and we would talk through it and I would do everything I can to figure it out. But I'm not going to lie and say, oh, that would be totally fine because he's just my person. And if it's his passion, I should just automatically support it and not have a problem with, you know, less time than what I already get with him. I'm just clear and self-owned on the amount of time that I want. And I don't feel shame for it. And I love that when we came back from Cabo, We'd rather be cranky and tired and hungry and anxious about the work week ahead together than, oh, I just need space. Yeah, it would be great if you could just go back to your apartment. That just wouldn't work for me. And I have no shame in expressing that to him or to you guys. And I really want you to get yourself in that place as well. I think I've shared this one example about a client before. Um, She's just amazing and such a devoted student to the work and really such a devoted student to me. I just love her so much. And I remember when she was newly dating someone and she has kids and I don't know if he did, but, you know, their, their schedule of getting together was a challenge to say the least, but it was an extra challenge because I think she only has her kid. I'm not exactly sure, but she she wasn't going to be able to see him every weekend. So on the weekends that she didn't have her kids, she obviously wanted to spend time with him. I think he didn't have kids. And on the weekends that she didn't have her kids, he would tell her, well, I need one day to myself on the weekends. And I had been working with her for so long. I know she has anxious attachment style, but I also know we had been working on her standards, her negotiables, her non-negotiables. And so I coached her on it. And I was like, well, how do you feel about him needing a day to himself on the weekends that you have together? And she was like, I think I can get around it because he's a really great guy. And, you know, it is just neutral. It's true. It's neutral. He just wants to have a day to himself on the weekends. And I was like, oh, okay. I wasn't going to project that that wouldn't be okay with me. And I wasn't going to say, I don't believe you, or I don't think that that's going to work for you because that's the place that she came to with her own coaching. So I let her put where she came to in the coaching to practice. And not so shockingly, because I know her so well, it wasn't working for her. And it wasn't just the one day need space. That's another thing. It wasn't just like, oh, everything else is amazing and perfect. The only thing I don't love is that he wants one day on the weekends to himself in the limited amount of weekends that we actually get together because I have kids. You know, then there started to just be other things that showed his unavailability. 
Now, I want to be clear here. Someone saying I need a day to myself on the weekends doesn't necessarily mean he's unavailable. Because that's another way that we get into the weeds of, oh, he needs a day to himself on the weekends, Claire. Is he unavailable? I don't know. I don't know him. We have to take our time and we have to look at the whole picture. But instead of jumping to, oh, he needs a day to himself on the weekends, even though we don't get every weekend together, does that mean he's unavailable? Instead of needing to psychoanalyze and getting my opinion and psychoanalyzing him, what if the question just was, does that work for me? And get really super fucking clear. And I actually really appreciated because, you know, this was early days in their relationship. I appreciated that she wanted to coach on it and she wanted to see if she could manage her mind on this neutral circumstance of him needing one day a week. I thought that that was awesome that she wanted to try because she was really interested in him. There was a lot that she liked about him. But at the end of the day, yes, you can only manage your mind around so much. And then you've just got to know yourself. You've got to know your core values, your core needs in a romantic relationship. And sometimes I really press and push my clients when they think that they need him to make a certain amount of money and they need for him to be with them 24-7. Obviously, I think like that stuff is extreme. And if you're someone listening right now and you're very clean and clear on why you need your partner to make a certain amount of money, I'm not saying that's a terrible thing. I, I think Larry and I are very financially compatible and our, our, our values with money and how we spend money and use money and think about money are very, very similar. And I think that that's really helpful. But I'm, I'm speaking to someone who's like, well, he needs to make this much because I have this kind of lifestyle, like in this kind of haughty, entitled energy that just I, I just think it never really bodes well when you think like that that needs to be such a non-negotiable issue because I think that there are just so many amazing men out there that might not make just as much as you or just as much as you would like him to make, but maybe he's going to bring something so valuable, so priceless to the fucking table as a man and a partner to you. Yes, I'm aware I'm speaking in heteronormative terms. Use whatever gender applies to you in your love life, but you know, I really ask and invite my clients to expand what they think they know they need and they want, but to do it from a really clean and clear and grounded and emotionally mature place. And so you can do that in terms of how much time you know you really want to spend with someone. And then you meet someone like I did who didn't have a lot of time. And because he seemed to be so amazing and seemed to have majority of all the things that I wanted. I mean, he really had everything I wanted. It just the picture of the results that I was looking to create of him with four kids living in Santa Barbara wasn't obviously anything that I ever possibly imagined. But I was like, my heart just like blew open when we met, even really and truly, I can say before we met. So I was willing to adjust. So get clear on your standards of how much time you're really wanting to spend with someone whether you have anxious attachment style or not. And then check with yourself. Are you clean and clear about it? I would suggest if you're like, no, he's not allowed to go do like some workout in the day or do whatever. Let's say you have limited time. I would encourage you to be a little bit more relaxed and open-minded and not be in such a scarcity mentality about how much time that you do have together. I think it's so important for individual people in relationships to do the things that 
fill their cup for their mind, body, and soul. I need my workouts. I need my meditation. I need, you know, my self-coaching time. Larry needs his surfing time. And we love taking walks together, but those walks can be cranky, silent walks. And I, I just love all of that. Just wanting to be around my person, regardless of the mood and him not keeping me at arm's length. And I think at the end of the day, there's also something to be said about intuition. You know, I can honestly say almost three years in, I would be bummed if Larry was like, hey, I need a night to myself. But I wouldn't be like, oh my God, this means, you know, he's unavailable. He's actually not secure attachment. And um, this is a problem. And we're going to have a big fight about it. I, I definitely would be hurt if he ever said that to me because he lives in a house. And again, my idea of an ideal relationship is just being around each other no matter what. One time we had gotten into a fight and I was like, well, maybe I'll go back to my apartment. And he was like, you're not going back to your apartment because one day we're going to be living full time under the same roof and you're not going to have the apartment to go back to. So no, we're going to sit here and not be happy with each other and we're going to be fine. And this is life. This is us. This is our relationship. And I mean, that made me fall in love with him that much more because I mean, we could do labels till the cows come home. I identify as a six on the Enneagram. And when I'm in stress, my default is to fight or flight, fight, 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 or run. And to have someone, again, who's very secure to say, yeah, no, you're not running and you can be pissed off at me and I can be pissed off at you, but you're not going anywhere. That's everything to me. That's absolutely everything to me. And I want you to get clear on what is everything to you and not feel ashamed about it and not be influenced by whoever you dated who told you that the amount of time that you need or the, uh, yeah, the amount of time spent together that you need is, you know, too much. I, I would go out on a limb and guess when someone is telling you that that what you were asking for actually wasn't too much if you took a step back and really honestly evaluated it for yourself. But, you know, I I know myself, I took it on being like, oh, I'm too needy. I'm too much. That's why he broke up with me. And it's like, no, he has avoidant attachment style issues. <laughs> That's why. Again, I, I paused there because it's like, I don't know the ins and outs of your scenario, but I just, as I reflect back, especially on my last heartbreak situation, I, I feel so confident in recognizing how he was avoidant from the beginning and did this push-pull behavior. And it didn't help for me with my anxious attachment style. It was just, we really were like a moth to a flame. Just, oh, you want to pull away? I'm going to get really anxious. Oh, then I'll like, and then because I was already a coach at that time, I was like, okay, I just need to breathe through this. And I was in therapy. And even my therapist was saying, I think you're just not used to dating someone with a nine to five job because I'd always been dating all these struggling artists and who had a lot of time. Um, but we did not spend our time wisely. It was still, there was a lot of, that just goes to show too. It's like, more time together does not mean you're going to feel more secure because I also dated a lot of actors with a lot of time and I had a lot of time and all the insecurities. And you can still see avoid an attachment style um, come up even if you are spending more time. But that would be a whole other episode. But it's, you know, okay to want 
quantity and quality time. And for those of you who don't need it, Godspeed, Godspeed. I'm not saying you should want it, but my guess is if you've been listening to this episode and have gotten this far, quality time is important to you and that is okay. And your ideal person wants what you want. They want what you want. And I know that that might be really hard to believe. Again, I can't recommend my course or my program enough. I just connected with someone who took my course. She healed her heart and she found love. And she said that in the find someone better section, working on her belief of finding him really, really helps. So I help you figure out how to tap into your belief of finding him because he does exist. He wants just as much time with you as you want with him, but you need to own your desire for that time first and not feel shame about it. (sighs) I loved this episode, if I say so myself. I did share last week we hit 500,000 downloads. I cannot thank you all enough, my beautiful, loyal listeners. Please head to Apple Podcasts and rate this podcast five stars. Stop winning him back and find someone better. There are so many relationship podcasts out there right now, and I would love for this one to continue to not slip through the cracks and just grow and expand this magical audience and have my message and my processes and my heart and energy that goes into all that I offer you here be spread to the masses. I would just be ever so grateful for you to hop on and give all the love and five stars to stop wanting him back and find someone better. And again, if you want to sink your teeth deeper into this work, go to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com, click on the work with me page. There are three ways that you can gain access to my work in a more organized way that really has you take the work to the next level beyond, you know, listening to the podcast, maybe multitasking, and you will not regret it. You will not regret it. That I know for sure. So much love, my loves. Until next time. Bye. My love, are you ready to stop wanting him back and find someone better? then head on over to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com and sign up for my one-year group coaching program. I can't wait to put a stop to your broken heart and get a start on your happily ever after.